Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome back to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. I, five years ago, was at one of my most confident places ever. Things were going well. And and quickly I took a downturn. My confidence left. And one of the things that I did when I was struggling with confidence is I isolated myself. I didn't talk to people. I didn't get out there. I didn't engage. There were very few people that I talked to about my struggles. We need friends. We need friendships. They change everything. Today, I'm going to talk to you about three things you can do to build new friendships and strengthen old ones. I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a, I'm a family therapist, a life coach, mental health professional. I've been doing this for over 20 years. When I talk to people, what I have in mind is my purpose in life as I engage. And my purpose is to help people find clarity in their lives. Clarity so they can make changes, transformational clarity. And often what's holding them back is fear. So helping people to overcome their biggest fears so they can move forward with their life, so they can get out of this worry, out of getting stuck in their head and move forward with their life. As I speak, I keep in mind, I try to talk like I'm talking to a six-year-old. And it's not that I think you're a six-year-old in the audience, but I want it to be so simple and so practical that you can take this today and you can it can change your life. It can give you information that can really help you get to that next level. And I also speak about things that I struggle with myself. You know, people come to me and they think I'm so confident and I have everything put together. I've been this guy that coaches people and is a therapist, but reality is, is I'm human. You know, I make mistakes. I make big mistakes. I have struggles with insecurity. I struggle with the same things I talk to my clients about. And I'm going to talk to you in that same fashion. I mean, these are things if I go back 10 years from now and I listen to myself on this podcast, this will be stuff that will be relevant to me then. It will remind me of what I need to do to move forward. So making friends is the topic today. And why is this so important? Well, our friends, you know, they help us to see things clearer. We can be so biased, I can be so biased, and a friend can say, can speak truth into my life and tell me, hey, here's a different perspective, here's a new way of thinking about it. Our family can be our friends as well. I can remember just over the last four, three or four years how many times one specific family member has told me, Adam, you'll get through it. Adam, you're going to get through. Adam, you have you don't have any op, you don't have any choice but not to make it through your challenges in life. And that encouragement helps me to refocus and go down a different path. I have other friends that challenge me professionally to see an opportunity that I wouldn't have seen. Our friends are that important. Our friends help us to see to to see solutions or we don't see solutions. 
Our friends help us to be optimistic when we're, po- when we're, when we're negative. Our friends help us to have fun and relax and to see the joy in life. Our friends change our perspective overall. Our friends change the way we handle life in general. They do so much. We can't make it without them. And in these challenging situations in life, when we tend to isolate, which I tend to do, you know, that's when we got to figure out ways to engage and sometimes just make very make new friends. There's always an opportunity to make new friends and get new perspective, get new opportunity, fill ourselves with new things. Here's the the anchors. You know, you you think about health in general. Now, um, our health is so is so connected to even the way that we approach life. I mean, we, we think the, the famous Mayo brothers started the Mayo Clinic. One famous quote, half the hospital beds occupied by people are, are for nervous um, worry, anxious, nervous challenges. Plato, greatest mistake physicians make is, is the attempt to heal the body without attempting to cure the mind. Yet the body and mind are one and shouldn't and should be and shouldn't be treated separately. And friendship, perspective, it's all about this mind-body connection. If we have these good, healthy, thriving friendships, then we're gonna have progress in our lives, we're gonna see things clear, we're gonna able to make it through the challenges that we face. If we don't or they're lacking or we're disengaging like I was, we're gonna have problems. But there's three things that you can do, three major things that you can do. I'll call these anchors. Anchors that can keep you grounded, anchors that keep you in a position where you can make friends. And the first of these anchors is really simple, but you got to be friendly. You got to find ways to be friendly. You know, I remember back when I was really struggling, I wanted to reach out to some friends I hadn't actually talked to in a while, two in particular, one from college and uh, named Aaron, and one from high school named Ben. And I was at a low place in my state my mental state was not good. And when my mental state is not good, I can have this perspective that they don't wanna talk to me, they don't really care what I have to say, they're too busy with their own friends, they're too busy with their own kids and their jobs, and so I get into this state that's pretty negative, and this state is not friendly. It's why would I engage people when I'm in that kind of state of mind right there? But our state, can switch so incredibly quickly. I mean, I don't think many things can switch in our lives as quickly as a positive state. I've been in discouraging situations professionally, and then I get a call quickly, and it's an opportunity that I love, and all of a sudden I'm going from depression to excitement. And it's in a matter of seconds. And you right now even think think about some of the most pleasurable experiences you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Gotta be clean here, okay, because I'm talking about communicating with six-year-olds, but think about a pleasurable experience, something that you really enjoyed. It may have been a victory in a game. It may have been the birth of your kids. It may have been first date with your husband. I don't know what it was, but just for a second, focus on that pleasurable state, whatever it is. You may even want to write it down. And as you do that, and I could have you share that with me, you might just feel a shift you might just feel a shift from oper- from fear to opportunity. Athletes do this all the time. You know, they get up to bat, they struck out the last time they were at bat, and then the next time they start to get back into this state of when in high school they had a streak of, you know, 10 hits in a row or something, and they go there. I know when I do professional speaking, I can think about the flops, which I've had. I've had a lot of them. I've had situations where it didn't go well, and I've had successes. 
And I have a list of these things that are states that I've been in at times, memories basically where I did well. And those are what I try to focus on prior to actually speaking or interacting with a crowd or a small group. Be friendly and some practical things you can do besides just changing your state is you can just engage in some practical tips. I mean, one is, you know, never criticize, complain, or condemn. Be positive, basically. And if you think, try and be, try and have as five times as many positive interactions with people as you do negative overall. So, and even make a checklist of that. You can say, hey, out of the five interactions I have with this coworker today, I want to make sure I have five good ones, encouraging, complimentary, before I ever give any feedback at all. Don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Don't be a gossip. Don't be a gossip. Gossip is where we just kind of bring up negative stuff and it can be very subtle, but it demoralizes people. It takes the wind out of your sails and other people as well. Express sincere appreciation consistently. I love to have clients at the very end of a coaching session, especially if it's a family, they have to share one thing they admire, appreciate, and are thankful for and everybody else in that meeting. And they have to do it. And people, people hate that. You know, they hate it and they love it. They hate it at first, but then actually they, after they do it, they love it. I get lots of tears when I, I mean, tears from professional men when they do that activity. I mean, it's not like this, it's, it's just something you admire, appreciate, or are thankful for. Very practical. Find out what somebody else wants and help them get it. Figure it out. You know, figure out what other people's goals are and then help them actually find those goals. This is what friendly people do. Friendly people figure that stuff out. Four, smile and use positive body language. Smile. You know, you are given your smile. I mean, we can smile and force ourselves to smile and it actually changes our body language. So I've seen this experiment done on a number of occasions where people force themselves to laugh for 30 seconds and then they actually change their state because they are actually really laughing. They're laughing because they're seeing everyone else around them force themselves to laugh. I've seen that experiment done where people are literally laughing so hard that they have to sit down. They're losing some of their balance because they're just simply forcing themselves to laugh. You can force yourself to smile. You can force yourself to laugh. You can force yourself to have a posture of friendliness as well. Use the other person's first name. Know people's names. Know how they want it pronounced. I know I had recently met somebody. Her name is, I thought it was Andrea, but she goes by Andrea. And so that's a big deal for somebody. Ask them how to actually say their name and then use it frequently. That makes you more friendly. People love to hear their first name. Listen from your heart. And what I mean by that is listen for emotions. How do people feel? How, what are they saying? How do they present themselves? If you can pick up on somebody's emotional state, if they're rushed or anxious or nervous, or if they're happy and excited and figure out how to interact with them based on that emotion, why are they so excited? They're going to love you for that. They'll pick up on that with you. I was at the pool at my apartment complex and one guy was really super excited about something and I realized it was a new beer he had discovered. So, And I asked him about it and he was like super excited to tell me about it. I mean, I think he had quite a few of them so far that day. So that might have been why he was excited as well, but it was pretty funny and it was fun and it actually built a friendship. And I'm going to talk more about that experience. At least started to build some positive interaction. Number seven, paraphrase and summarize on more complex topics. So this is something people make a mistake with is they they get sucked in to this, like the complexity. Somebody's in fear and they're, but then they, if they channel and try to just get focused on the meat 
and and they can summarize. So what I'm hearing you say is this, or so you know what I heard you say a moment ago, and they paraphrase. It can calm the other person down, help them feel understood, and it makes you much more friendly because you really care. You're expressing that you actually really care. Um, number eight, talk about their interests. Figure out what they're interested in. Like my buddy with beer, it was a sour IPA. I remember him describing this, uh, and that's kind of cool. Um, and whatever it is, I mean, I have certain things I love to talk about. And if people notice that, like someone noticed that I had a a shirt on or a visor on and it said it was a company that's in Hawaii. And then they wanted to talk to me and they asked me about had I been to Hawaii? And I said, yeah. And I was real excited to talk about Maui and just places I had been there. And it started a conversation because they were expressing an interest in what I'm interested in. And so if this has this whole interest thing, you can, I have a, a downloadable worksheet that I use with companies and clients frequently. It's called Know Thyself, and it'll be in the show notes of this episode. And these are things you could find out about your coworkers and your family and your friends. Not even let, you don't have to let them know. It can be very casual that you are asking them questions about their favorite candy and life experiences that have been encouraging to them and you're just gathering information subtly. And then those are things you can use to engage them in the future those topics because you know they're going to actually interest them and the number nine be yourself don't be somebody else don't dress like somebody else don't act like somebody else be yourself and this is probably the most challenging of all these social skills i'm discussing is how can i be myself and one of my favorite philosophers writers is a guy named ralph waldo emerson great quote it's easy in the world to live after the world's opinion basically easy to get sucked into the world's opinion. It's easy in solitude to live after your own. So when you're alone, it's kind of easy to do things your way and to not get sucked into it if you try to. But the great man is he who in the midst of the crowd, in the midst of the crowd, keeps with perfect sweetness the independence of solitude. So in the midst of other people, you can still be yourself. And people love when you can actually, I mean, the people that are your good friends, your real friends, the ones you want to engage in, they're going to respect and love and find joy in the fact that you're being yourself um, in that situation, you know, whatever it is. So I, I bought this funny hat. I thought it'd be funny. I live in an apartment complex and I thought it'd be funny to wear. I haven't actually worn it to the pool yet, but I thought it'd be super funny. It says I pee in pools. And I wanted to partially do that because it would embarrass my daughter and she'd get a kick out of it. But part of that's just kind of me. I'm kind of silly. I'm a jokester. Gets me in trouble. But the more I can actually do the things that I know are just me, the healthier and better I do and the better I function. So so anchor number one, be friendly. Figure out ways to be friendly. You can work on it. Read the great classic book, Dale Carnegie, How to Be Win Friends and Influence People. Give you so many nuggets in there that will be helpful to you. And there's some other great books as well. But that is my favorite. Um, anchor number two is believe in yourself. Find a way to believe in yourself. And this goes back to that state. Can we get in the right state of mind so we can start having confidence? It's confidence. Confidence. I love breaking that down. I mean, the roots of that word, if you look in the in the ancient Greek, is, you know, with faith, with confide. Once heard somebody talk about that. Believing in yourself, finding a way to believe in yourself. Just this morning, I was reading a story. I like Civil War history, and it was... General Grant was in Richmond, and there was a big battle, and a lot of deaths, everything. Um, his his troops were doing well, but he was discouraged, and he had come up with a rash, and eventually 
he went and isolated and he did like a mustard plaster kind of thing, which is, I guess, what they did to heal things. And he was very sick and very ill. And then at one point, he got word that General Lee had surrendered. And in that moment, when he found out General Lee had surrendered, he healed. He was he was better. He was fine. Like everything went away. It was crazy. And it so shows you the power of the mind when we go from this place of discouragement and despair and negativity, and then we start believing in ourselves and something we, we believe we have something to offer people, we believe we have something to give back, our state changes, our confidence changes. So you can work on your confidence. And that's such a great thing because your confidence will overpower your fear. Your confidence will give you hope. Your confidence will show you the opportunity and the potential in the situations that you face and everything that's happening in your future. So work on believing in yourself. What goes through your mind when you meet somebody new? Are you confident or are you negative? Are you discouraged? Are you like me when I was going to reach out to these old friends? They're not really literally old, but just they've been friends for a long time and I started thinking they'll reject me, they won't like me. What goes through your mind if you're going to meet somebody new? Is it something negative? They're going to see my flaws. They're going to hurt me. They're going to recognize my weaknesses. They're going to take advantage of me. And maybe you've had people do that in your past. Maybe you've had people hurt you, betray you, and you have trouble trusting. But the first step in changing, going from fear to confidence, is recognizing these intrusive thoughts, these things that pop up. I like to call it my inner roommate. It's something, it's these intrusive thoughts that are so negative that are there to keep you safe, supposedly, because if they come in, they're going to protect you from getting hurt and into exposing yourself into that situation. They have a benefit. It's similar to if you had a situation where somebody betrayed you and rejected you and hurt you, then in your mind, whenever you meet somebody new, the first thing that comes to mind is going to be, they're going to hurt me. I'm going to be embarrassed. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to reject me. They're going to betray me. So we have these negative intrusive thoughts, but you recognize them. And you recognize, and I like to even have clients recognize their five or 10 biggest fears or worries. So with people, primarily, you know, five, it could be with money, but usually has to do with being rejected or being isolated or being excluded. And that relates to people. Most of our worries involve people, situations that could occur where we'll get hurt, we'll get laughed at, we'll get made fun of whatever. And those situations can be so powerful that, that we lose our confidence. You know, in, in sixth grade, I had, I had um, a difficult situation where, where, and kids would do this, and somebody called me out, like they asked me to fight. And I was a kid that I went to a, a school, it was a good school, it was a public school, and um, anyway, I had been kind of brought probably a lot because I did this a lot. This is not a good friend building skill, but I had a I had a nice bike, and I was bragging about this bike a lot. It was a GT performer, and so I had saved up all this money working. I remember my parents paid half, I paid half, and I loved this bike. And I didn't really ride it much; I just kind of talked about it all the time. <laughs> I kind of showed off this bike I had, and so the guy wanted to fight me not to get my bike, but I, it was because I was not being really friendly. And, and it wasn't, I mean, I'm not saying he did the, was the right thing, but anyway, I, I accepted the offer and went out behind the softball field and I was supposed to fight this kid. And I was a six 
I was in sixth grade. I was skinny, scrawny kid. I grew way late in life. So I'm six three, but I grew a lot even after I was, I was when I was 17, 18 years old. So um, didn't really start shaving until then, uh, until my 20s actually. But so I, I went out there and I was going to fight. And I realized quickly that I didn't really want to do this. And so I started to fight. And then I decided to call a timeout in the fight. And like I needed to, I, it was like a, a boxing match, I guess. I get a timeout and I go get some water in. But you, get, you can't do that in a fight when you're in sixth grade. And so I was laughed at. And, and I remember just hanging my head and leaving. I didn't handle that very well. Um, I, I learned to fight the right way after that in, in a different format. But I remember thinking, man, I, I was just demoralized by the whole thing. I didn't tell my parents. I was really discouraged and my state towards myself got very negative because of that situation. Didn't handle it right. Fine, whatever. But we can have situations in our lives which we do the same thing with. We just get in this negative state about that situation and we don't know what to do. And so the key thing I would suggest is is if you if you become aware of what those thoughts are, that those negative thoughts about yourself in those social situations, you're going to become more confident when you when you start to focus on well, what's the worst possible thing that could happen if that fear comes true? What's the worst possible thing that can happen? And then how will I handle it if that worst possible thing happens? So if I am rejected and I'm laughed at, like I was, you know, well, I'll go home, I'll. And I will learn how to fight, you know, because the cause and effect is the problem there is we we get so discouraged and we don't see that we have we have some power to do something about the situation. We become helpless. We become a victim. Confidence comes from seeing that there's something we can actually do about the situation to improve it. And we recognize that we can actually do something about the situation to improve it when we realize that this fear that we have, we can actually handle it. We can make it through and we can get to that next level. We can do something proactive. We can be empowered to actually handle it. Confidence requires action. It requires doing things that build confidence, getting space from that fear and engaging in that thing that we can do that will build confidence in that specific situation. We have to do something about it. The fears that we have socially that take away our confidence, a lot of times we're viewing them as being three things, personal, pervasive, and permanent. Call those the three Ps. The three Ps. Personal, meaning that this struggle that I'm engaging, no one else struggles with this like me. So I have a situation where I call time out in a fight. In my mind, I'm thinking, all these other kids, they handle fights better. They know how to fight. Their parents taught them how to fight, whatever, you know, this kind of thing. And so I start thinking, nobody struggles like this except for Adam. And so it's personal. I'm isolated. I'm alone. I can't do anything about it. All my power is sucked out because it's so personal. And no one else can't talk to anybody about it. They're going to laugh at me if I do. I'm isolated. I can't do anything about it. The second P is this whole pervasiveness. So we start viewing the situation that we're in as not only relating to one situation in your life. For me, it was just you know being in a fight and dealing with conflict. Basically, boys will be boys kind of stuff and handling it the right way. I would let that and did let that pervade into all the areas of my life. So I would let it and start saying that, okay, not this social area is not going great right now, but also other things aren't going great. Sports and family and fun and everything. You know, I'd let it pervade and my whole life starts to become negative and starts to fall apart. And the last one, the last P is it's permanent. 
It's never gonna change, why try? That takes all of our power away. Why would I try if it's never actually gonna change? Why would I try to do things differently if it's never actually gonna change? We just give up. This permanency takes away our confidence. You can work on your confidence. And you should, and you must. And again, you can do things that are different. I know, last illustration on this topic about believing in yourself, I was at the pool at my apartment. Uh, This was um, Saturday night, and people were hanging out, having fun. I just went on a run. I was gonna go just jump in the pool. And then there were a bunch of people just kinda hanging out, chilling. They all looked about my age or similar age. And I sat and read for a while, and they were laughing, having fun. And in my mind, I kept thinking, and this is me just recognizing my thinking, like they're not going to like me if I interact or they'll reject me. Um, Just negative stuff, you know? I guess I really wasn't in a good state going into that. And I was able to, for a moment there, recognize those thoughts and then luckily start to replace them with, you know, worst case scenario, I interact and they tell me to leave. Well, who cares? You know, obviously I found out I don't want to be their friends anyway. Or, you know, another bad scenario could be like, I don't have anything in common with them. It's not fun. And I used to be so confident with stuff like that. I mean, I used to be in the negativity wouldn't intrude the same way, but it did. And eventually I just talked myself into the fact that who cares, you know, go interact. So I walked over there to the group. One of them was really friendly with me. I was still kind of in a negative state, but it started to change as I interacted and asked questions and did all these things to be friendly. Watched my body language, you know, engaged, talked to them about what they were interested in. My state started to change. I worked on my confidence. The third anchor, The third anchor, which I would suggest is probably the most critical because nothing really changes without action. Nothing changes without action. You can do all this psychobabble, I'm gonna recognize my thoughts, I'm gonna think of a new thought, but until you actually apply that new healthy perspective to your life, it's not gonna really make a difference. You're just sitting there in your house, in your head, and you're you're analyzing the situation. You have to take a risk. You have to be vulnerable. You have to get out there. And if you're going to make new friends, if you're going to engage old friendships and make them better and reestablish old friendships, which I would encourage you to consider doing because a lot of times those are great because you have a history there and they may be looking for friends as well. I'm talking about old high school, elementary school, old family, family you haven't engaged in. Maybe you have first cousins you haven't talked to in a while or people you haven't really talked to you grew up next to in the same neighborhood, but you really don't even know what they're up to, but you can start engaging them now. Take risks. Some things you can do, very practical ways to take risks and build new relationships here. One, engage your hobbies. Do it more often. In fact, if you love it, you enjoy it, you're probably gonna meet some other people who like it as well and you already have that common factor at play. If you love baseball, if you love golf, if you love crafts, if you love painting, Find a way to engage that hobby. Photography, podcasting. I, you know, there's groups out there that would, people out there that would love to meet you, that love to get to know you better, but it'll take that risk of actually engaging that new social network, that new group, book clubs, whatever. Get to know your neighbors. Find a way to get to know those people. And your neighbors could be colleagues even, people that you interact with on a regular basis, maybe professionally, or maybe you interact with them briefly because you talk about lawn care, whatever it may be, but find a way to actually go deeper with them. 
figure out maybe where they're from, what they like, what they enjoy, what life experiences they've had. You may have to ask a question, and great questions often start with a what or a how that gets things to go deeper. You know, it could be something as crazy as, you know, what are your goals over the next year? Or what have been the most challenging experiences for you so far in 2020? Or what's made you happy recently? What are you excited about over the summer? Take a risk, ask a question, get to know your neighbors. Attend events. And for me, a lot of times it's like, if I get an invitation from somebody to something, maybe I'm gonna, the negativity, the inner roommate's gonna talk me out of wanting to go and do it. But don't miss out on these opportunities to meet new people. You never know. Could be attending a local community activity, a fundraiser. Could be attending a funeral. Could be attending a wedding. Attend events. Don't take those opportunities for granted. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what kind of experience you're going to have unless you actually take the risk and try. Volunteer can be very vulnerable as well. I mean, you're putting yourself out there. Maybe you're not good at it. Maybe it's something you're passionate at, but other people have more information, but you get to go and step out and do something different. Could be as simple as just giving blood and meeting the people that are giving, you know, helping people that are taking people's blood. I don't know if you actually meet people in that kind of environment. Obviously, I haven't actually done it or I wouldn't be struggling with knowing what giving blood was like, but I probably should give some blood. Maybe I will later today. Talk to strangers. I, I kid you not, this can be one of the best things you can do to build friendships. You never know. I I was at a, one of my good friends. Um, I I go to a support group called Al-Anon and it's a 12-step group and it's great. It's been very encouraging. Um, and one time there was a guy there and I had maybe interacted with him briefly a couple, a couple of times, just said hello. But on the way out of the meeting, he wrote his number on my notebook and and just and in his name and i mean his name's his name's alan so but it was a risk you know i mean i'm a stranger to him really i mean we had this one maybe common thing i had maybe seen him twice before and i don't remember if he wrote a note there i mean maybe call me or we can get coffee or something like that but it was pretty cool and you know we've been friends for over two years now we've gotten to know his family interact a lot have different things in common but it's become a real friendship but he took a risk to put himself out there talk to strangers at Starbucks, at a restaurant, who knows? Who knows who you're going to meet? I mean, it's crazy, but but you'll meet some great people by talking to strangers. And trust your instincts with that too. Join a civic group, something that maybe it could be it could be a men's group, a women's group, could center around a hobby, it could center around volunteering, but a civic group could be, you know, the Optimist Club, um, <clears throat> the Ro- the Rotary Club, something like that, Lions Club, you know, I don't care what it is. There's probably these, there's probably new civic type clubs, but join something, take a rest. Just try it out. You may not like it. You may not want to like become a full-time, full-blown member, but take a risk to actually get out there. You meet friends. Turn family into friends. In the last couple of years, I've built a, a much closer relationship with my brother, actually. Uh, talk a lot more and there's more honesty in the relationship. I've built a better relationship with or improve relationships with friends from the past, um, people from high school, you know, in college. Talk to them much more as well. It can be exciting. I mean, think 
you already have some commonality. You already have some life experiences and you can go deeper with them and you're at a different stage of life, which can be really encouraging as well because they can give you advice, help you have a better perspective. They have life experiences that are different than yours, all of that. You can, if you have kids, you can meet your kids' friends' parents. Natural building block right there as well. Attend a support group, take a class, connect with a colleague. All these things have one thing in common though. You have to take a risk. You have to take a risk. You have to do something different. You have to rise above the thinking that is negative now and actually put yourself out there. You're going to have to change your state in some fashion. So let's talk about putting this into action. Got two challenges for you. Two challenges for you. One is in one of those situations where you're starting to have some negativity socially and you're doubting that you have what it takes. It may be an established friendship. You're negative. You don't want to engage. You want to distance. Okay. Well, think, you know, our friendships help us with anxiety, our emotional state, our emotional health. Our friendships help us to grow, to have a different perspective. Relationships help us to overcome adversity. Relationships help us to get into a better place in our life. Relationship helps, relationships help us professionally, help us succeed, help us to move forward. If you're in that negative state, just going, going to that place where I, something good can happen out of this, reflecting on those positive states and relationships in the past, knowing that we can do something good here, just going to a different state, forcing yourself to focus for a moment on those good experiences you've had relationally. It's like talking yourself out of the fear. And that's the challenge for you is the next time you're in a situation, you start getting negative. You start seeing that you, things could go wrong. You talk yourself out of it. You get to a better state and you engage. The next challenge is to do, to meet or to meet somebody new every day, to try over the next 10 days to try and just meet one person new, get to know them, what is their name, and learn one thing about them. And you can do this in a way that it's not awkward. I promise you. It may feel awkward the first three or four people that you meet, but you will do it in a way. It could be meeting somebody at a restaurant that's your server that you don't know, but you're being friendly with them and you're getting to know some things about them. And they will tell you if you genuinely care. They will tell you because they will pick up on whether you genuinely care or not meet somebody new. And the third challenge for you is to engage in somebody you haven't engaged with. So a friend from the past, somebody from the past, but engage in, in at least three of those types of interactions <clears throat> over the next 10 days. So just think, I mean, somebody from high school, somebody from college, somebody in your family. You know, for me, I have some first cousins that I don't interact with as much. So I'm going to challenge myself to actually interact with them, two of them over the next 10 days as well, just to reach out, just to say hi. It could be just leaving them a voicemail or a text or getting their number and saying, hey, how are things going? I haven't talked in a while, but you're taking a risk to get out there and you don't know what's going to come out of it. And vulnerability simply means you have to be vulnerable, but you're not being vulnerable if you can control the outcome. I can't control the outcome with this podcast today. I don't know who I'm going to touch. Maybe it's one person. And that actually helps me because if I think I'm just going to help one person, I'm talking to one person. And who knows, it could save somebody's life. I mean, I have literally had, I was speaking once at a company once and I had my friend Daniel who's a good friend and he was with me he heard this interaction I couldn't believe it but this uh this this bank had hired me to do a a full day of workshops on life balance 
And I had spoken for this bank um, in the past and actually credit union in the past. And, um, and after one of the presentations, I couldn't believe it, but somebody came up afterwards and they said, yeah, I heard you speak a few years ago and me hearing you speak that day actually saved my life. And I didn't remember this person. I didn't even remember what I had spoken on and they told me, I'm sure, but, and they did, I do remember now that they told me that I have this seven up bottle thing and it's about not being perfect and being able to be yourself and living in the middle and make it a seven on a scale one to 10. It's okay to be a seven. And it was, it was that concept they said and me talking about it and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, my life is worth it just to impact that one person. I mean, this if you if you can interact with somebody and be friendly, you go through a lot of rejection or whatever, you go through a lot of failure, but one person and they can come to you and say, "Man, what you did in my life may have saved my life, probably saved my life." I mean, that's me going to a different state, even reflecting on that, going to a different place. And it can help me to have confidence in all the interactions today, help me have confidence in all the risky things that I can do, and to be vulnerable. Because vulnerability means, again, that you could get rejected. You can't control the outcome. You don't know what's actually going to happen. Here's, here's to, in summary, three things, three anchors to build friendships. One, one, you got to be friendly. Find a way to be friendly. Two, be confident. Work on your confidence change your state, and three, take risks, be vulnerable, get out there. Those three things, those three anchors will impact your friendships and your relationships. So what you can do today is there are some, there are a few things I wanna highlight in the show notes. And these will be, one is the Know Thyself Worksheet, okay? It's gonna be in the show notes. Download that, you can use that to build relationships to get to know people too, is a link to an article on 12 ways to make new friends popular article, wrote it years ago. There'll be a link to that article in the show notes as well. I want you to download that. And the third thing is there are, is a, gonna be a, a link to a handout called Nine Key Social Skills that I reference here. And it's a worksheet actually that I use with clients. And it's all adapted from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that reference is actually on that worksheet, but you can download that as well. Print it off, give it to your friends, whatever. It'll challenge you to work on your social skills as well. Two calls to action for you. One, subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your neighbors. I don't care. Get people, let them know if you like it. Please give me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please do that. Subscribe. And then when I have a new episode, which I'm putting these out every couple weeks, um, you'll be notified of that new episode. And then the second thing is I have, this is a one-time offer opportunity for you. It's a social skills 90-minute relationship coaching group. A 90-minute relationship coaching group. It could be you want to work on dating. You want to work on skills with building friends. You want to improve your marriage. It applies to everybody. I'm capping it at 12 people and it is free. So you better register now. It's on July 1st in the morning. It's going to be Central Standard Time at 9.30 a.m. on July 1st, Central Standard Time. And so that would be 8.30 on the West Coast and then it would be 11.30 on the East Coast. And again, a small group of people, sign up. The link will be there. It'll be over Zoom. Love to see you there. Tell your friends, 12 people max, be there you'll learn a lot. And it'll be a lot of interaction, a lot of fun. I guarantee it, you'll have a blast. 90 minutes, that's it. Got it. And also, remember, you can make a decision to work on friendships. You can make a decision. You and no one else decides your legacy. It's yours. It's yours to decide. 
Your intentional decisions every day will make a huge difference. Thank you for tuning in. You decide your future, no one else. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. 